Luke chapter 5 then, um, and this is Jesus is interacting uh, primarily with the Pharisees. The disciples are around as well. They've been at a feast uh, recently, a tax collector's home, Levi. And we'll pick up in verse uh, 36 and read to the end of the chapter. Uh, He, that is Jesus, told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But the new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new, for he says, the old is good. The grass withers, uh, the flower fades, uh, but the word of the Lord uh, endures forever, and we pray that it would uh, among us. Uh, Jesus, in this parable, speaks of something new. And so I have no doubt that all of you can uh, have some recent experiences that you can relate. Because we're at the beginning of a new school year and a new semester. Uh, You've just plopped down into new classes and new syllabi. Uh, Some of you in a new place, moved to a new apartment. Uh, I'm looking out at a ton of new faces, uh, and that's fun. You're meeting new people, and you're thinking about uh, the new opportunities that are coming, the new possibilities Uh, the new relationships and friendships uh, that can develop. And so you've got things to connect to when Jesus in this passage uh, speaks about uh, something new. Some days uh, days that newness is is awesome. It's it's exciting and and it's motivating. Um, You see just opportunities uh, before you, new hope of what things could be like. Uh, Maybe maybe this week, this year, just you're going to find the kind of friends and relationships that you wanted, that you feel like know you and you connect with. Uh, maybe maybe uh, in these new classes, you're going to find the thing that just excites you, that you want to major in, that you want to study, that you want to spend your life doing. Uh, maybe you're going to meet that person that you just feel the deepest uh, bond and, and connection uh, with. Uh, it's fun some days when you just see things are new and it feels like a new start and there's new hope and you're excited uh, to get into it. Um, like, like two weeks ago, um, campus was like a ghost town. I mean, it's absolutely dead uh, in between even summer semester and here. It's slow enough in the summer. But two weeks ago, like no one is here. It's just absolutely dead. And then it's so fun uh, last week and this week uh, to walk around. And there's people everywhere uh, and catching up. And there's events going on. And there's free food all over the place. Uh, and it's exciting. There's just so much life to it, right? The newness of it uh, is something I always fun to me as a campus minister, seeing you know, what, what's going to come, what's God been doing, and where do we get started into uh, this semester. But then there's those other days, or, or sometimes it's just a few hours later, when that, when that newness uh, becomes a bit daunting, uh, maybe even a bit overwhelming, when uh, too many things are new and you're not sure how to handle it, or it doesn't feel like you can tr- control it, or you don't know that it's going to go the way that you had hoped or, or wanted it uh, to go. And sometimes you wish that you could go back to the way things were, uh, the way things were known and comfortable and good. Uh, the friendships that you had last year or just being, sometimes it's just the homesickness where you miss your, miss your friends or, or you miss mom. It's, it's okay to miss mom. You can call mom. You can take out your phone right now and text mom. She'll be, she'll be very glad. Um, 
Uh, even I was walking around uh, campus, I've been here long enough now that I, that I see people that I don't know, but I see haircuts that I recognize, and I think of people, because my brain is like trying to recognize things, but so much is new. And so I'm thinking of people from six years ago, and they're, they're not here on this campus. Um, but we just go through things, and sometimes it's hard when there's, when there's so much uh, that's new. But listen, whether that's the, the excitement and the motivation of the hope of it, or sometimes the things that make you draw back because you don't know what to do with it, I think all of those experiences should help move you into connecting to what Jesus is talking about uh, in uh, this passage, in this parable. And to be clear, he's, he's not just talking about how to make the most out of this semester uh, and not get too homesick. That would be great. Uh, but much more profoundly, uh, Jesus is speaking of something, something new that only God could bring about. And that God has brought about in sending uh, his son and will bring about in the fullness of that newness reaching uh, reaching its apex when Christ uh, comes again. So as we get through the passage, we're just going to look at three different, three different sides of it. Now uh, you got it in your, in your notes there on the outline, and I know they rhyme. If you bear with me, I'll just walk through it that way. Maybe that'll help you remember it, uh, you know, tomorrow or a few days from now. It'll still, still feel fresh for you. Uh, but I want you to think about this as, as we walk through this passage. Um, how do you handle something new? How do you handle it when so many things around you are new? What's your response? And even more, how do you react uh, to the newness that Jesus talks about uh, in this parable? Um, maybe for you, Jesus and, and his teaching uh, is new to you. Uh, and what I would say is, is great. Some of the language of this parable says, uh, if Jesus and his teaching is new to you, you've got a head start. Uh, so, so be excited. Uh, maybe you're very familiar with Christianity and the Bible. That's great. Uh, how do you react to, to what Jesus says here and even the challenges uh, that he brings? So, so first of all, new. Or if we're going to frame it in terms of a question, uh, What's new that Jesus is talking about here as he mentions the garment uh, and the wine and the wineskins? Uh, if Jesus isn't just talking about your, your new semester and the new people uh, that you're meeting, what is he talking about? What's, what's new? And I think it's important that Jesus doesn't specify a particular thing that he's talking about this, this, new, uh, this new one thing that he's doing. Or this new healing uh, that he's bringing about. Or this new teaching that he's mentioning. Uh, I think that's intentional because he's speaking in the broadest possible terms. What you'll hear later in scripture. Uh, that what God is about is making all things new. Uh, all things right. All things the way that they should be and that we long for. The way that, the way that new start makes us hopeful that maybe things could really turn out right. Uh, that is what Jesus uh, is about. That's the work uh, of Christ uh, as he came. It's a comprehensive change. Say, what's this new thing that Jesus is talking about? Well, maybe a good guess a lot of times is, is uh, the kingdom of God, right? And anytime uh, Jesus is teaching, but particularly in the parables, he's always coming back to the kingdom of God. How God is working and what God is doing, and particularly Christ himself as the king uh, in that kingdom. That Jesus' parables are, are guiding our perspective. They're challenging us about our place uh, in that kingdom. I think that still leaves us, though, asking more about but he's talking about new, new garment, new wine, new wineskins. What, what are we supposed to connect this to? 
So if, you, if you're looking a little more broadly uh, in the context, you see a lot of things that are, that are new. Or maybe if, you just, if we were able to ask uh, the disciples or some of the other people that had been, been there and said, hey, what's, what's new lately? What's going on? Uh, maybe the first reply would have been, well, there's this Jesus guy. Uh, and he's, doing, he, he's like no one who's ever been before him. And he's doing things uh, that we've never seen before. Um, the things that he's speaking, the things that he's uh, doing, what he's, what he's talking about. He speaks a message of good news. But he's not just talk. He actually brings it about. Just a few verses earlier uh, in this chapter um, is, is a leper and a, and, a, and a man who's paralyzed. And part of what we see is that what Jesus is doing is, is reversing what's wrong. He's reversing even all types of, of bad problems and, and diseases. Right? Leprosy, uh, if you're familiar with it, it typically is a long and slow and somewhat painful movement toward death. Um, that it just gets worse as your, as your nerves stop responding, your skin uh, eventually uh, damaged and, and infections and uh, moves uh, towards death. But here as Jesus comes and meets this leper, the movement turns the other way. Uh, he's healed. He is clean uh, by Jesus meeting with him. Uh, I was challenged recently to do the ice bucket challenge. Y'all seen all those videos all over the place. And it's great, uh, raising awareness about, uh, about ALS. And that's a right, neurological degenerative um, uh, disease. Um, and and, it, and it's, a, it's a slow movement toward death. Um, I just heard recently a man who, a uh, good Christian man who has uh, let uh, people in RUF use his lake house for a retreat before um, who had ALS uh, just, just passed away. Um, and the, the tendency in these things and in so much of our life is things can move uh, toward sin, toward death, toward decay, uh, toward pain and away from hope. Uh, but Jesus brings a new hope into the world, uh, even in the world of disease and death. So the man who has leprosy comes away clean. The man whose friends lower him down the roof, hoping that maybe Jesus can do something because he's been paralyzed. Uh, Jesus uh, says to the man, take up your bed, rise and walk. And the man who had been paralyzed stands up uh, and walks because Jesus is bringing something, something new. Uh, something different. And Jesus isn't just dealing at the, with the external uh, difficulties, which are many, uh, but even the internal turmoil that we go through that sometimes is uh, just as painful, uh, just as difficult. Um, when Jesus actually first speaks to the, to, to the paralytic, he doesn't say rise and walk. The first thing he tells him is, your sins are forgiven. Uh, and everyone is up in arms. What is this new thing? How could, how could someone uh, say this? Uh, Jesus is going right to the core, to the heart, uh, to say your rebellion against God is canceled. Uh, it's reversed. So that now God has nothing against you. You, are, uh, you have life with God and hope uh, in his love. It's not just that he can make the man rise and walk. Uh, he can heal from the inside as well as the outside. If that's not enough, just earlier to the verses we read, and we start to get a glimpse that Jesus is even uh, creating some uh, new uh, society, uh, not just the disciples as fishers of men uh, a little bit earlier, but, um, uh, but the Pharisees are upset because Jesus is uh, at a feast with tax collectors and, and sinners. Uh, he's, he's partying uh, with the low lives, with the immoral, with the, with the corrupt uh, of the society. That's who he's feasting with. 
And Jesus' response uh, to the Pharisees seems very new and different to them. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician. And I've not come to call uh, the righteous, uh, but sinners uh, to repentance. Uh, Jesus is bringing about a new type of community, not just for the elite, for the capable, for the good, uh, for the righteous, but for the incapacitated and for the troublemakers and rebels. He's calling them into a new uh, community of life uh, with him. The newness of Jesus goes uh, beyond just just those things. There's more he goes on to do. In the the parable, Jesus uses the images of new clothes uh, and and new wine. And the verse right before that suggests the the context uh, of a wedding. He says, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom uh, is with them? The, The newness of Jesus involves even going through death uh, to new life. It's what Jesus is about. It's his uh, resurrection, eternal life is the, is the fullness that we see in the beginning of that, uh, that newness. He goes uh, through death uh, into resurrection to bring about a new uh, kingdom, uh, even a new creation. In the scripture that speaks of it that way as well as Isaiah, a new heaven and a new earth. What's new that Jesus is is making? He's making new life, a new creation, new heavens and earth. He's making all things new. Uh, Where there is then no more disease, it moves toward life. There is no more uh, crippling, it moves toward ability. Uh, Sin can be forgiven and moved into uh, righteousness. Uh, Death is ended and there is life eternal uh, in him as part of a new creation. Where God is intimately in love with his people, uh, married to them as his bride. Where scripture says there's no more sorrow or sickness or pain or death. That's better than just a new semester. Or a lot of new people that seem like they'll be great friends or new opportunities uh, before you. Uh, Jesus speaks of something new, of all things being new, to give us great hope in the gospel, great hope in him. The new opportunities are boundless. The hopes have no end. And their hopes for those who who hurt down deep uh, with sorrow, with fear, with despair, uh, with loneliness. Uh, For those who know shame and guilt, know anxiety and rejection. For those who don't have the life that they want. And can't get it. There's something new with Jesus uh, that he speaks of for us. The difficulty, though, is how the new and the old relate. That's what Jesus emphasizes in the passage. So moving to the second point, uh, two. Um, Two ways, even uh, one way scripture would talk about it would be two ages. Um, So it's not just a, a both and, but it's especially an either or between the old and the new. Uh, It's the old versus the new. Uh, The emphasis of the parable is that the old and the new, whatever they are, the old and the new are incompatible. Uh, The new clothes and the old clothes don't work together. It destroys both. Uh, the new wine and the old wineskin, uh, the, new, the old, new wine bursts the old wineskins, the new wine is spilled, everything's ruined. Uh, the two don't, don't go together. And the, the idea especially uh, is that the, the new is not just to be a patch for the old. 
Jesus didn't come just to, just to kind of patch things up a little bit and keep it running. He didn't come to just do a few tweaks and then things will be all right and run a little bit further. Um, the, the new is not just patching up the old. So we'll, we'll take a few other examples. Um, and not just, okay, you're part of a new generation and where's that going and why don't your parents understand you and teachers understand you and these kind of things. But uh, to just take a few, uh, few other examples, if you... Uh, if you're able to get a brand new car, um, you wouldn't take that brand new car and then start taking the pieces off so you could fix up the uh, 1990 minivan hoopty that your parents had passed down to you. And you're like just fixing that up because that was your first car and you love it. And you're like, who cares about the new car? We're fixing the old one up. Like, what did you just do? It was a brand new car. Um, a new smartphone. Um, if, you're, uh, if your smartphone got dropped, and the screen cracked, and you're very disheartened about that. Uh, but then if you're able to get a new, uh, new smartphone, maybe even the next level up, uh, you're not then going to say, okay, now I've got a screen. I'm going to figure out how to take this thing off, get my heat gun out, and I'm going to put it on my, my old phone because I love this old phone. Like, what would you be doing? Um, uh, new, new semester, right? You typically... You don't want to have to take the same classes you took last semester when it's a new semester, right? You hope to be moving past those prerequisites uh, to, the, to the new things that you want to be advancing toward. Uh, after a bad day, uh, you wake up to a new day. You're glad for that. And it's best not to try to go back through those same bad experiences and, and ruin the new day as well. Um, uh, you go through, a, go through a breakup, and maybe you then find someone else, a new relationship. It's a good idea not to try to use that relationship as an angle to get back to the person that you were with before. Right? Those are the kind of things that are bad ideas. The new is not just to, to fix the old, to make a patch for it. Uh, the passage here mentions wine. Um, I drink a lot more sweet tea. <laughs> Um, so I'll use a sweet tea example. It'd be true for wine too. But um, but I've you know, been to restaurants. Sometimes I just don't get the sweet tea right, or it's been sitting out a little bit too long. We'll say a lot too long, and you can taste it. Um, and what do you do? You're like, yeah, this is not good. Either you have a, if you have a new batch, bring me another glass, or else bring me a coke or something else, right? Um, and if they bring out the new glass, what I'm not going to do is take the new glass and dump it in the old one and then drink the whole thing. Right? It's not compatible. It doesn't go together. These would be, this would be ridiculous. Uh, it's wine skins in the passage. Uh, if you've got your water bottle and it gets cracked or broken, uh, you, you go and you get a new water bottle. And you don't then try to melt down the plastic from the new water bottle to fix the, fix the old one. Right? Right? You get the idea. Uh, you get where it's going. Uh, just, just a couple more, though. right? Because the passage talks, about, <laughs> passage talks about garments, clothing. Um, so I've got a, I got a pair of jeans that I, that I really liked over the last few years. Um, wore the jeans plenty. Uh, wore the jeans out. Jeans started to get a little frayed. They started to get a little uh, ripped. And they started to have a big rip in the crotch of those jeans. So, so I had to go and get a pair of new jeans. Um, now, as much as I love the old jeans, I don't go and get the pair of new jeans. See, I have new jeans on. Um, <laughs> the proof is here. It's a realist. I didn't go and cut these jeans to put them on the old jeans because the old jeans have that great old feel, right? Um, it's, not, it's not what you would do. I mean, unless you're the, like, you've got the hipster style. That's what you're working with. You're, you're making it go that way. 
Um, or, or take it this way, because we said before the context of the passage is more of a, uh, more of a wedding, right? Jesus has just mentioned in the verse before uh, the context of the wedding. So, so imagine a, um, a wedding dress. Um, and maybe this applies especially to the ladies, but guys, build yourself into this analogy here. There's, there's the wedding dress, and, and your grandmother says, you're getting married. I'm so excited for you. I still have my wedding dress from 40 years ago, 50 years ago when I got married. Um, and you're like, that is so sweet. And you're looking at your mom nervously like, what do I say now? I don't, I don't really have to do this right. Uh, and thankfully, no, your mom takes you to go uh, dress shopping. You find the perfect dress. Uh, it's fitted uh, perfectly. You're thrilled uh, for that. And, and it's all hanging out and ready for the wedding day. And you come the next morning uh, aghast to see that dress ripped, uh, cut, and pieces torn out of it. Um, and next to it is hanging your grandmother's old wedding dress, uh, enhanced with the new fabric of the new dress. All right, you get the point of what Jesus uh, is saying there. And I think as much as we get the idea, a lot of times we're missing what Jesus is saying. We wouldn't do any of those things. That would be uh, ridiculous. But so often, all we want to do is use Jesus to patch up some of the broken spots in our life. A lot of time, we just go to Scripture because there's something in particular that's bothering, and we don't want all this newness, but there's this one spot that's broken, and we're hoping for a little bit of encouragement. Uh, we come uh, to Scripture or to the Gospel or to religion or Christianity or some sort of spiritualism or we start praying uh, because there's some little area and we're hoping that we can find a patch for it. We're hoping there's something that we can take out of it uh, that will encourage, that will repair, uh, that will bring us uh, forward. Uh, <clears throat> maybe it has something to offer us in our present state, uh, but we don't want comprehensive change. Uh, we don't want to let go of the old uh, for the new. We don't want to leave it behind. We, we still love it. We still think that it, that it works uh, for us. Uh, so maybe sometimes that's the self-trust or just manipulation and knowing how to work things your way. Maybe it's pride or greed that, that sometimes they're like the, the old car, the hoopty, the first car that you, that you still want to fix up. You just, need, you just need a new confidence boost so that pride can keep going. Um, or that illicit sexual stimulation or maybe just that laziness and procrastination are like that old pair of jeans. Uh, they still fit so great. We just want to patch for them. And part of the warning of the passage is that the more you see yourself as, um, as pretty well off, or as having things together, uh, going along well, the less interested we are in the new. For the paralytic, uh, for the leper, something new is their only hope, and they long for it. Uh, for the Pharisees, uh, the leaders in their day, everyone admired them and looked in, up to them in their community, uh, they have real issues with all this shaking up that Jesus is doing. I want to find out more about it. Those who are well don't need a physician and Jesus came uh, not to call the righteous, but sinners. 
Jesus is offering a comprehensive newness, but it involves our whole selves. It involves a complete makeover, if you will. When I see like the total home makeovers, I'm always like a little afraid for them when they're tearing down the house. How is this going to come out? I think that's part of it here. The old that Jesus speaks of is the the old age of sin and death. It's the first sin of Adam, the age of death and sorrow and disease and depression. It includes all our offenses to God, our rebellion, our selfishness, our mistakes, our failures. It includes all the suffering and pain of just a broken world with things gone wrong. And Jesus intends to end it. He doesn't just intend to patch it up. Uh, for a little bit longer. And he went to the extreme measures that it took uh, to end it. Uh, though that meant uh, his life ending, though that meant him being uh, nailed to a cross, uh, rejected, even rejected by God, and the punishment uh, for sin uh, poured out on him, where he calls out, my God, my God, why have you uh, forsaken me? He went to the extreme measures of what was required uh, to end death and sin and its reign. He suffered the agony of shame. Suffered the terror of guilt, the pain of utter rejection. What we deserve for sin, he endured on the cross to make a new way of life. A new way of resurrection, our life, and in part now and in fullness uh, when he returns. So Jesus' death and resurrection actually marked, old versus new, marked, marked the end of the old and the victory of the new. That in Jesus, instead of life leading to death, now in Jesus, death can lead to life, uh, eternal life. It's not a both and. It's an either or between the two where newness wins the day. So, so how does this newness relate to you? Let's move into the third point. Um, you, because what Jesus says here is, is relevant to you. It's one of the amazing things about the parables and the way Jesus tells them, he tells them uh, in a way that shape our perspective, that guide us and challenge us and challenge us both about how we think and also about how we live that out, where we fall in relation to uh, this type of newness. It gets us real quick. We're like, no, who would cut up a new wedding dress and fix an old wedding dress? That's ridiculous. Oh, my life is ridiculous Um, because I want Jesus just to give me a little encouragement and I still want to hold on uh, to certain sins. Jesus' parable, there's there's not a third way. There's not a different way. There's not a way that just mixes the two. Uh, There's the old way of sin that leads to death, and there's the new way of life uh, in Christ. And either you're part of the old or you're part of the, the new. So Jesus challenges you. He even calls you and invites you to come into the new, leaving the old behind. And sometimes we're thrilled with the new opportunities. Uh, And sometimes we hate change. We resist it. Some of you may be not far from graduation. It's difficult to think of, of leaving college. Uh, going out to the, to the real world. Uh, some of you maybe just already are, are missing home or missing last year or the semester or still reminiscing about senior year in high school. And, and most of you, once the, sem- once the uh, homework for the semester really hits, are going to be missing the summer when you have a little time to do, do something else. Sometimes change is hard. 
And I love the way this parable ends. The new wine's got to be put into fresh wineskins. But then he goes, you're like, new, new, new. The new seems to be the way to go. And then no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. Because what they already know is good. Uh, old, old wine is, is, is good. That's part of the, the aging process. Things about wine I don't understand. But the, the old wine uh, is good. And, and sometimes what we're doing is we're not really thinking about uh, disease and death or sin or our relationship with God. We're focused more on the pleasures of the, the present moment and the experiences, the relationships we're building, maybe current popularity or just successes that we're having or opportunities that we hope we'll have. Uh, some, sometimes the old is good. Sometimes the old is the best that you've known, and you want to hang on to it. You don't know what the new is. Waiting. Certainly for the Pharisees who saw himself as well and righteous, they didn't like the new. They didn't want this challenge Jesus was bringing. Uh, but Jesus is a king, a savior, who doesn't just leave well enough alone or throw a few patches, uh, but he's making things right the way we long for them to be and need them to be. And following Jesus won't always feel uh, successful and pleasant or easy, uh, but the gospel changes you. And it changes you where it doesn't always leave you then uh, comfortable or comfortable in the things that you've always unknown. It presses you into the newness of Christ's kingdom. But that newness is amazing. I've put it at the bottom of the sheet for you, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17, because it puts uh, the impact uh, on us uh, so well. It just says simply this, if anyone is in Christ, new creation, new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. He connects it to everything that Christ is doing, to the fullness of it that when Christ returns, uh, to this fullness of relationship with God and, and uh, no sorrow or sickness or pain and death, the new heavens and the new earth. In Christ, you get to be part of that new creation that Christ is making right and good and whole and pure the way we long to be. So ask Jesus and he will make you new. He says he gives freely to those who ask, gives the spirit, who's the spirit of that new age to make us part of the new creation. Ask Jesus and he will help you to live as part of the new way, putting the old behind that's been crucified with Christ on the cross and yet still, uh, still we linger in it. He can help us put that behind and continue in the newness of following the old, following him. The old may be good, um, but, the, but the new is, is better. To move to a different gospel, uh, early in the gospel of John, Jesus' first uh, miracle at the wedding in Cana was turning water uh, into wine. So if you want me to say it this way, he was turning water into new wine. At the end of a feast where they'd been drinking plenty of wine because they'd already run out, uh, the host of the feast, when this new wine comes out, not knowing where it had come from, says, this is amazing. Who, who, would, who would not bring out the best wine at the beginning? Most people would give it at the beginning and then give once people have already had plenty so some others. But here in what Jesus is doing, we see that the best has been saved after last, of the newness of it that he's bringing. How do you respond to something new? That's... Getting excited, getting motivated, looking at all the opportunities. 
fearful of change, hesitant, overwhelmed, worried about it. It's a new place, new semester, uh, new friends. I hear a whole new age, a new creation. That is what Jesus is saying about himself and Scripture says that he brings. At the very close of Scripture, uh, in Revelation 21, uh, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. And he can make new you, you new. And he calls you into that new creation that he brings.